This is Lee the Appraiser for another episode of Amazing Appraising here at the famous APR 57 Gallery. How's everyone doing today? Fabulous. Okay, well, today we're going to be talking about what's hot in the market, what's not, what's current. We haven't talked to you guys in probably a week. Our show is typically on the radio live every Sunday at 8 p.m. We do a simultaneous, we have a YouTube uh, video channel, uh, APR57NYC, and we have some other social media platforms. So you can make sure you can catch us on any episode or any radio show. Uh, we stream on those, a number of different Spotify stations. I guess it's under, what, APR57 and Amazing Appraising. So you can catch us on all those stations as well. Or of course, every Sunday on WOR as well. So let's talk about, so we handle everything collectible, as everyone knows. We collect the unique, and we buy them from the unique and sell them to the unique. So a lot of uniqueness going on here. So. So what's hot in the watch market today? So we have a number, many, many, every day, many clients coming to us looking to buy Rolex watches. And the reason is, is because not only do they make a great watch that is very strong and very durable, and uh, it's been extremely collectible over the years. It's probably uh, the most collectible wristwatch in the world, them and Patek Philippe. Rolexes were made in much larger quantities, but still the demand is very, very strong. And so we're going to discuss a little about their demand. So if you went to a Rolex retail dealership today and said, here, show me what you have in Rolex watches, the odds are they will show you nothing. Pretty crazy. They pay rent here on Fifth Avenue. Probably their smaller stores are fifty to $100,000 a month, and they don't have any Rolex watches to sell. Doesn't sound like a great business plan, Miss Blue. Right. So the demand is strong. You know, typically what most retail brands want to do for all items, especially luxury items, is to get the client interested in their product through advertising, word of mouth, and various marketing techniques. And then when the client has succumbed to those techniques and um, are interested to buy, they walk into Cartier and they go, show me a 10 carat diamond ring. They walk into Bulgari, show me a 50-carat diamond bracelet. They go into Rolex, show me a men's gold president. And out of all the people there, Rolex says, sorry, we don't have a gold president. Watch, watch we're talking about, right? We don't want to. Okay, I mean, Donald Trump probably is the closest thing to a gold-looking president, right? But I don't want to go into that. Okay. Anyhow, so they say we don't have one. So, of course, the follow-up questions. Oh, I'm sorry. So I guess you just sold your last one. Do you think you'll be getting another one? They go, we don't know. And you go, well, approximately tomorrow, next Monday. Well, I say maybe five years. Okay. Five years. Okay. You'll think on it. Well, okay. How about I'll sacrifice? How about I get a... Instead of a gold present, how about a gold submariner? No, we don't have any either. It'll happen tomorrow? No. When? Maybe five years. Well, okay, gold, I see the price of gold is very high. How about a steel and gold Daytona? No, we're sorry. How about a steel submariner? No. How about a steel submariner? No. 
No, 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 no. Okay. It doesn't make any sense because they are accomplishing what most retail brands want. Is the customer ready to come into their pro store and buy the product? But Rolex is saying, wasn't there a song like that? Amy Wiles? No, no, no. Right? That was it. Anyhow, well, anyhow, the bad news is that Rolex does not have any of their products to sell. Okay? The good news is APR 57 does. So you can come here and we have not one or two or three but we probably have close to 500 various Rolex watches of every style every model every brand available but of course this show is not about us it's about the market information and the uh, appraising value and the appraising techniques that we use to uh, give advice to our clients so the question is why is Rolex doing this what's going on so nobody seems to know the exact answer either a real shortage of the manufacturing of their watches which you can't really you know come to a logical conclusion as how that's the case I mean here they've been making watches for close to a hundred years and last year and the year before they pretty much you know most manufacturers will supply pretty much the entire demand maybe Rolex won't give it out you know to that degree where there's every store has a complete inventory and they'll make it somewhat artificially scarce but they'll it was never to this point so the question is what happened to manufacturing? I don't think so. I, I think that Rolex has made a... In fact, I don't know. It could be they're making the watches still. They're just not delivering them. It's hard to say, but I would say part of it is they're creating, you know, somewhat of a artificial demand. I mean, the demand is there, but when you don't have any supply, you know, it's always... I always stress with evaluating and appraising items, it's a combination of supply and demand. We'll be right back after a short break from one of our sponsors. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Buccellati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800-772-0054. This is Lee the Appraiser back for more of Amazing Appraising, discussing the current what's hot and what's not in the collectible market. And right now watches are, as we've been discussing over the last couple weeks, are very hot. And the brands in particular are Rolex, Patek Philippe, and Audemars Piguet. They are actually going through the roof in pricing and demand. So here's that what Rolex is doing is increasing the demand by decreasing the supply. So it's interesting to see what they're actually going to do. I mean, it's conceivable that they are manufacturing these watches and they're just holding on to them, keeping them in inventory, and then perhaps next year 
they will raise their prices by 50% and then slowly let them on the market. Who knows? But I will tell you that it's very unlikely that the value of your watches, if they're Rolex, will go down, and it's very unlikely that the prices of the current models will stay the same. Nobody really knows, but I will tell you that the demand is very strong. So if you have any watches, Rolex, that you want to clean, service, repair, or more importantly, appraise or sell, bring them to us. We are very, very strong buyers of these watches. We will pay you, in most cases, much more than you think they're worth. And even if they're old, vintage, and poor condition, we still buy them for a lot of money, and we love to collect them. So why don't you see what you can find in your drawers, in your trunks, in your safe deposit boxes, uh, wherever you may have them or think you may have them or think a relative may have put them. Why don't you look, find, search, and we will be happy to um, help you evaluate and appraise these items. That is what we do here. We buy, sell, and appraise, and particularly appraise and authenticate all these items that you have. In particular, now we were also, we bought a very beautiful collection this week of a group of Patek Philippe watches that were purchased exclusively from Tiffany & Company. So Tiffany & Company is one of the major designers and retailers of fine, high-end watches, jewelry, and other sort of gift items. And they have a policy that everything in Tiffany's store, it has to be slightly different than any other product you can buy in any other store in the world. So therefore, you go to Tiffany's to buy this product. Now with watches, that's typically, it's nice to do with jewelry and other types of unique items. They can have a designer make it just for them. They can have their own designer sell it. Okay, that's fine. But with watches, it becomes a little more tricky, a little more complicated because none of the manufacturers are going to make the exact watch just for Tiffany. They are going to make their most popular watches and let Tiffany sell them amongst you know, all the other high-end retailers in the world. So to balance both of these issues, Tiffany required, and in most cases, the watchmakers agreed to co-brand the watches, meaning that if Patek Philippe made a specific brand of watch, which they do, they make all their watches, and uh, Tiffany is a registered recorded retailer of their watches, Patek Philippe would agree to print, in addition to the name Patek on their watch, they would add the name Tiffany on the dial. So that's called a co-branded watch. We have numerous uh, of those examples like that in stock. We've handled a lot of them. And especially they, those have become extremely collectible and popular over the last number of years. So if a gentleman, which we have a collector that he buys all his Patek Philippe's exclusively from Tiffany's. So typically this is the trade-off here. He generally pays full retail price but he gets a beautiful brand new watch. He knows it's a Patek Tiffany. He has no question about the authenticity. And more interestingly, he has a unique watch virtually, meaning that that watch that he purchased has Tiffany's name typically on the dial, and it can only be acquired from, Tif from Tiffany, and it'll have Tiffany's name typically on the certificate. So he's paying a premium for that, but typically we can sell those watches and we pay him a premium for that as well. So if you have anything like that, let us know. I think we're gonna take another break for a second. So we're gonna be right back after this very, very 
very short break. Do you have a car that you may want to sell for the highest immediate cash price with the absolute best and most convenient service available? APR 57 is New York City's leading buyer of all collectibles of art, jewelry, watches, antiques, as well as used or vintage cars. If you have any used or pre-owned cars that you want to sell immediately for the highest cash prices and be treated like the valued client you are, call or text us at 212-246-2000. Be sure to bring your vehicle to our new 4,000 square foot gallery on the corner of Broadway and 57th Street for our final inspection and a verified high cash offer and payment. So call or text us today at 212-246-2000. That's 212-246-2000. Remember, APR 57 is the go-to place for getting the highest cash price for your valuables such as rare watches, diamonds, gold jewelry, gold and silver coins, sterling flatware, Tiffany items, stamp collections, sports cards, memorabilia, fine art, Judaica, as well as used cars in any condition. So drive in or stop by West 57th and Broadway to get the highest and fairest cash offer on the spot. Free snacks and drinks while you wait. This is Lee the Appraiser back from more amazing appraising and right now we've been talking about the shortage of Rolex collectible wristwatches that are on the market today and we've also been discussing the co-branding that means the high-end Patek Philippe and other brand Rolex Tiffany watches that were sold retail at Tiffany's or other stores and have the brand name of the uh, retailer on the watch. So in this case, we were talking about Tiffany watches. So we were talking about how Tiffany and Paddock do that together. So about 25 years ago, what happened is this conversation was uh, brought up again by Rolex. So Tiffany used to sell, again, all the Rolex watches in their department were required to have uh, to have Rolex print the Tiffany name on it. Tiffany didn't do that. Rolex, or typically it was always the manufacturer who did that for them. And um, so Rolex, about 25 years ago, got uh, called up Tiffany's and said, listen, after many years, we appreciate your business and everything. However, we are deciding to change our policy. And not just for you, but anybody, we are deciding that we are not going to brand and put the name of any retailer on our watches. Even if you were to buy $20 million a year from us, we are not gonna do that. And of course, Tiffany turned around and they said, listen, our policy is that we are only gonna sell branded watches with our name on it. So therefore, we will not sell your watches. And so the two big boys had a standoff and Rolex decided they are not going to be selling to Tiffany's. Tiffany said, we decided we're not going to sell your Rolexes. So I guess they both survived. I know Tiffany's just sold their business a couple months ago. The sale was closed for, I think it was almost $17 billion, with a B, $17 billion. I forgot his name, but uh, the French entrepreneur, the French owner of all the high-end stores, Louis Vuitton, I think, and all the others, he bought them. Surprisingly, I guess they're happy with the purchase. And But anyhow, so that was a standoff. So these older Tiffany watches have tended to go up quite a bit in value with the Rolex name on it because they haven't done that in many years and they're very collectible. So we always like that. We have some very interesting older watches. We have a whole tray actually in the gallery of watches that are co-branded Tiffany and other brands. I think we have a number of Balmercier. We have a couple Corum. We have a maybe one or two Rolex. That would probably be a cool idea. You know, I'm, I come from my collector background, so that would be a cool idea is to find a particular watch, a particular style watch, okay? It could be any watch, and I collect it with multiple different store brands. 
Okay, so I mean, I don't know. I you know they're hard, so hard to get, but they could be Rolex. Take a Rolex and see how many different store brands you could. Now I don't know if Rolex is typically a good example because they're so they maybe older ones. They were so difficult to find with different brands. So there are Rolexes that there's only a handful I've seen that have that came with Cartier's name on it. There's only a handful. They're very rare and scarce. Uh, Tiffany, of course, has done it with a few of the Rolex watches. Actually, we bought a watch recently. It was made for Domino Pizza. So it was a Rolex that had Domino's signature logo, uh, the blue and red little pizza emblem on the dial, and it also had a metal emblem on the bracelet that was custom-made and the uh, metal engraving on the back, which was very cool. My question is, why would such a prestigious brand like Rolex Mm -hmm. Out of all fast food chains and... So the answer is... You already know my question. Yeah, of course. So the answer is, I don't know if they do it anymore. We had somebody come in, I think it was a couple, you know, it maybe it was, the watch was two years old, three yes. years old. So the answer is, they are very selective. But if I had to guess, it was because of, it could be two reasons. One is that it was an older arrangement that they made, meaning they signed a contract and Domino's would agree to buy 500 watches every year or a thousand watches a year like this to give to a lot of the employees. I mean, I don't off the top of my head, Domino's is like the one of the largest franchises in the world. So right. so if they had, I, I don't know, for them to have 100,000 employees is probably not a lot. Yeah. So if they had 100,000 employees and they had to give 1,000 a year away to the top 100 or 1,000 that, you know, they, they, so in the scheme of things, so for a, for argument's sake, let's just say, a, you know, a $50 million order, a $100 million, a $50 million order, yeah. it would make sense for them to do. Yeah. Um, but as a general rule, they don't go out and solicit this, so they rarely do this. So, uh, and so it could be they have an older contract. It could be the combination that it was a huge order, and it could be a combination that that was a couple of years ago and they changed their policy now. Yeah. So all those things make it unusual, highly selective, the exception, not the rule. Right. That's why you see very few Rolexes with any types of promotional material yeah. on them. Now, of course, of course, of course, of course, Somebody could call me up and say they want to order, you know, 500, 1,000 of these watches, but the problem is getting the watches. I could, it would be extremely difficult for me to get a large quantity of Rolex watches, and I could custom print the dials. We could do that right. and order it for them, but the problem is getting that many of the watches at Rolex, even at retail price, when today they don't, you can't even buy one. Of so that would be an issue. We've done that for people on a limited basis, but typically not with Rolex because it would be difficult to get such a large quantity so that would be interesting to buy how many rolexes could one get in any style because they're so hard to find but how many could you get with a different brand so you have tiffany cartier rolex didn't allow anybody really to co-brand it there, there was there's a company in italy i forgot the name i was gonna say we have the beautiful rolex with also i mean i'm not sure if this was a separate brand but with the that the dial with the marijuana leaf on it I'm not right sure but that, that was, was just custom, custom ordered oh, custom and ordered. that okay. was sold and it was made that watch was made in the 50s, 50s. Wow. and and it was sold we sold that a couple of years ago but that was not Right, that wasn't associated with um, Right, okay. right, right. So it would, you'd be more inclined to see that with a brand that had, you know, I mean, again, the exception that Rolex made, they never really 
sold the watch through Cartier, I think only on very rare circumstances. Tiffany, they did. So you will find Tiffany's. But other than that, I don't know if I know of any off the top of my head, any paddocks that came with co-branding. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm sure there are, but it, again, it's very rare. So just remember everybody, two names is better than one. Okay, so that's the story here. Anyhow, so if you can ever do that, do that. If you can ever collect that. What we'll do is actually um, maybe in a week or two, we will pull out, maybe that's actually a good idea, you know, like for a YouTube video, we'll pull out the tray I have of Tiffany watches that has probably 20 different co-brands. Uh, some of them are the same names, Bon Mercier, whatever. That's very cool. And then we have a car. I know we have a Cartier that was originally made by Corum. Yeah. Movado made a lot of the early Tiffany watches as well. Even if, let's say, Tiffany co-brands with you know, something with Patek Philippe, Tiffany's going to have their say in perhaps a strap or perhaps something about, do you think that there is anything like that? Well, oh, they don't have their, they, they will they never have their say, their say regarding the manufacturer the or the marketing or the design of the watch no the the watch manufacturer is doing them a big favor right. by printing okay. by actually going and printing the name on it. now you have a lot of older watches so we will find a lot of older paddock philippe watches that will have tiffany's name on it that tiffany may have sold it and paddock made it for tiffany's now if it was what happened many times, you had a watch in the 40s or 50s, and the wife went to Tiffany to buy it for her husband for his birthday anniversary, a gold watch. It came on a black leather strap. So she says, I want this paddock leap. However, Mr. Tiffany, I want a gold bracelet with the watch. So Tiffany's have has two choices when this happened in the 1950s. They could call up Paddock Philippe and ask Paddock if they could get them a bracelet, typically um, the watch would have had a bracelet if that's the way it came. So maybe Paddock will have a different one, a different bracelet in stock that will fit. Mm. Or they could make one for mm. the customer, which would typically take six months to a year and would be quite expensive. That means they would charge much more than a regular retail price. Or what normally happens in that case is the salesperson at Tiffany says, we will have one made for you. So Tiffany's would go to somebody like myself, a wholesaler, and we would uh, get, you know, we would find a strap that would, a bracelet that would fit that watch, and Tiffany's would sell it to the customer. So we get a, you know, we've had a lot over the years, a lot of Patek Philippe watches that had Tiffany's name, you know, that the bracelet was not by Tiffany's. Okay, we are going to take another short break and we will be right back with more amazing appraising. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices. 
in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800-772-0054. Welcome back, everyone, for another segment of Amazing Appraising with Lee the Appraiser. I'm going to talk to, uh, for a few minutes about one of the more popular collectibles that we buy, sell, and appraise and handle. And these are a specific type of wrist watches. Specifically, we're going to talk about Rolex watches. So when we started handling watches and jewelry, which was about probably about 1985, about 35 years ago, I was actually forced to get into the watch business based on the fact that we were dealing in stamps and coins. And we had a couple of states that came our way of which had some jewelry and watches in them of which the owners did not want to sell just the coins, but they wanted to make sure that they sold the entire estate with the watches and jewelry. So over a very short and pressured uh, period of time, I had to learn the value of these items to be able to buy and sell them accurately and to make sure that if I was going to you know, spend ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on a group of some of these watches and jewelry with the coins, that I would have a place to resell them to hopefully in my lifetime. So uh, long story short is I started to read about and learned about the watches and uh, we started dealing in uh, the better watches. In fact, when we opened up our first gallery and store about 1987 on 57th Street and 6th Avenue, we put all the jewelry and watches where we had some extra space in the window and that is really what everyone asked for. Uh, not for the cheaper watches, but for the better ones. Uh, predominantly they would say, do you have any Rolex or Patty Philippe watches. Uh, so we started to, you know, get some on consignment and sell them and do trade-ins and we learned the watch business fairly caref- uh, fairly quickly. So just let me first tell you what the facts are. So the facts are Rolex, Rolex watches are amongst the most in-demand items and most in-demand wristwatches in the world. Patek Philippe is up there as well and so is uh, Audemars Piguet and Vacheron. But Rolex has a certain cachet to them where even the person that's not familiar with the high-end Patek Philippe or Vacheron will at least have heard the name Rolex and the demand has really soared over the years. And to be honest, particularly in the last six months, I would say during this pandemic, a lot of the prices have gone up anywhere from 20 to 60% in value. It's really been astonishing that uh, you would think when people do not have that much money available, they would not necessarily go out and spend it on better watches. I think what has happened is the people that have not spent and stayed home, have not bought luxury items, have decided that they wanted the best. And the best universally is a Rolex or Patek Philippe. So that is what they decided to spend their money on. So it really had a adverse effect and different than one would typically assume. And this, what I would say, is probably the, you know, this has to go with the um, the attitude that has happened with the possible GameStop stock run and these other things, is that you have a very large group of 
individuals that have uh, some disposable income and that are deciding to go after with what they want and what they like and they're going after the better items. So I think universally they thought that maybe Rolex was the predominant brand and they went after them and they put their prices up, as I said, up to 50% higher than they were six months ago. So um, I'm just going to give you a, a little facts about the watches. So their watches, the first time I saw them, I remember as a youngster, they were not what you would call extremely attractive. There's a lot of other watches that I think at first glance are more attractive. The main reason I think that they are collected is, the key factor to me is, what I understand it to be, is that they are extremely durable. The movements and cases are made very well, not necessarily the bracelets. The bracelets tend to wear and get loose and uh, sort of get run down over the years. But I think the two major factors that make them collectible are the fact that the case and movements themselves are extremely strong and can take a huge, huge beating, uh, considerably more than the average watch. I mean, we've had clients that have worn their watches on their wrist for over 20 years without ever taking them off over 20 years for every activity, sleeping, swimming, sports, everything, fishing, and they've never taken the watch off their wrist um, at all. So I think the durability is one key factor. I think the other key factor is that uh, they're made in such a way that all the parts can be replaced typically. So if you have a watch that even has not been taken off your wrist for 20 years, and you've worn it 20 years every day for 365 days a year straight, and even though it has a lot of wear, a lot of usage, that theoretically you can take that watch into a dealer or to the company, and they will factory service and clean it and replace every part that's necessary to make the watch appear and function absolutely as a brand new watch. So I think those are the two major reasons why the watches have become such in demand and such collectible items. Now, of course, there's other factors involved. Another one is the fact that in like cars, every couple years typically, sometimes every 10 years, they will make changes to the model of that specific watch. They will make changes to perhaps the size of the case, the movement slightly, the dial slightly, all these little factors which will make it a different model. So hence, you have collectors that perhaps will want the model from the 1970s, the next model from the 80s, the next model from the 90s, and so forth. So you have people that will collect like a Rolex Submariner, different varieties. That's their diving watch. They were known to make the first sport diving watch officially. I think they did it in the early 1950s. Uh, Sean Connery as James Bond used that as his watch of choice in uh, the late or early 60s on, and then Roger Moore, uh, he passed the baton o over to Roger Moore, who wore it further down the line. These watches tend to possess those qualities that I think make them very, very desirable and very collectible. You can pick up all these different varieties, so collectors love them for that regard. And in addition, it's one of the few collectibles in the world that where men can actually wear and show it off and enjoy it all the time. I mean, if you have a rare stamp or rare coin, you're going to keep it in the, in the bank vault. Wear a watch, if you have the proper insurance, you could wear it all the time and sh basically show it off. Okay, we're going to stop now and just take another short break. We'll be right back. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin, mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball, 
Football cards, sports and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Brigitte, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Van Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. That's 212-246-2000 or toll free 1-800-772-0054. We are back for more of Amazing Appraising. Lee the Appraiser at APR 57. We were talking about watches. We are going to, as my friend who is a very famous race car driver said, shift gears. We're going to be talking about a couple unusual items that we have seen for appraising. I don't know how many of you have seen. ESPN ran a special, I think 30 for 30, on the unusual life, like a documentary on the world-famous martial artist, Mr. Bruce Lee, who came to prominence as one of the very first Chinese actors did martial arts and became famous here in the States. I recommend anyone who has not seen this documentary to make sure they see it. Again, it's 30 for 30, I think, on ESPN. I saw their repeat last night, and it was just fascinating how it showed his life, which there's very, very little footage, film, documentary, pictures on. You know, he he was like an amazing movie star, but just for a very, very short period of time. Came to prominence really through an action TV series called uh, the Green Hornet, which I think it lasted less than a year, whatever this TV station did, decided not to renew it because there was just not that much demand for that type of show. It went on to really detail his life and all his issues, and really, he was an amazing person, an amazing fighter, amazing personality. You know, it shows how he, he went, I think it was ABC at the time, and he went to push them for a series about a Chinese like martial artist. So they wrote the series, as I recall. The series was called Kung Fu. Yes, I was a young kid in uh, high school at that time. And it was really one of my favorite shows. It showed this actor, it, the act, the role, the head act role, although he was pleading, they wrote it for him. And he was pleading that he would star in it. The executives at the station felt that they did not want it was two reasons, I believe. They did not want a Chinese person was capable of handling that type of role, meaning the public would embrace him or embrace a Chinese actor. Lead in that role was number one. And number two was they were concerned with the fact that his English wasn't perfect and he would have too much of an Asian-Chinese accent. I believe those were the two reasons that the TV studios gave for negating him in that role, which is what they wrote, and I think or he wrote for them. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Do you have a car that you may want to sell for the highest immediate cash price with the absolute best and most convenient service available? APR 57 is New York City's leading buyer of all collectibles of art, jewelry, watches, antiques, as well as used or vintage cars. If you have any used or pre-owned cars that you want to sell immediately for the highest cash prices and be treated like the valued client you are, call or text us at 212-246-2000. Be sure to bring your vehicle to our new 4,000 square foot gallery on the corner of Broadway and 57th Street for a final inspection and a very 
verified high cash offer and payment. So call or text us today at 212-246-2000. That's 212-246-2000. Remember, APR57 is the go-to place for getting the highest cash price for your valuables such as rare watches, diamonds, gold jewelry, gold and silver coins, sterling flatware, Tiffany items, stamp collections, sports cards, memorabilia, fine art, Judaica, as well as used cars in any condition. So drive in or stop by West 57th and Broadway to get the highest and fairest cash offer on the spot. Free snacks and drinks while you wait. Welcome back everyone here. This is Lee the Appraiser from Amazing Appraising from APR 57 Gallery. So they actually picked this American actor by the name of David Carradine who became the star of that show and I'm guessing just based on my memory it, I think it lasted several years. It was probably done in the 1800s maybe, late 1700s, early 1800s is when it was supposed to be have filmed. It was like a Chinese like walker who, who just went from town to town in the Midwest with the cowboys and everything like that and all of them, you know, picking on him, making fun of him and he would basically just uh, keep to himself and then when they attacked him and they provoked him enough, uh, he would defend himself. He never killed anyone but he certainly caused a lot of bruises and damage to the people that started up with him. And it was a very, very interesting series. It had flashbacks of him as a little boy, and I don't know how many people out there remember the nickname that his uh, master teacher would give him. Any guesses here, Miss Blue? No? No? <laughs> Not a clue. Not a clue. I thought you never watched that show? <laughs> I guess the answer is no. So they had flashbacks of him growing up as a ba- like as a little kid in the monastery, and his master would call him grasshopper. My first guess, and okay. I, I doubted it. I doubted myself. Okay, you heard it here first, everyone. Blue had grasshopper on the tip of her tongue. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, it was <laughs> it was just a very, very, it was a great show. It had a lot of euphemisms there, and it talked about the ancient Chinese culture and how, how they would train the monks, how the monks would fight, and everything was really in self-defense. It was just amazing. Well, they don't have that kind of TV anymore here in uh, in today's world, right? But anyhow, so Carradine, David Carradine got the role for that part, made him a star. So uh, Bruce Lee got terribly upset when the role went to somebody else, and he then decided that he was going to go into the movies, and he really, I think he did a couple small things here with Chuck Norris, and then he decided to go to China, and that is, of course, uh, where he became a superstar. Anyhow, long story short is, at the very young age of 32, when they just released, I think it was Enter the Dragon, he had a headache one morning right before they were about to premiere the movie, and his assistant gave him some, I don't know, some medication or something to relieve his migraine headache, and uh, he went to sleep, and uh, she tried to wake him up a few hours later, and he never woke up, and they called it, I guess, a brain aneurysm. They did say they believed it was something to do with the medication he took, and just a crazy, crazy story. So anyhow, so anything, any memorabilia that one has, letters, signatures, photographs, original photographs, uh, material memorabilia of him, by him, we would certainly be interested in. You know, his movie, when uh, when it came out, it was actually came out in the States here, it, was, it debuted right after he died. It grossed over $200 million, and that was in 1973. That's almost 50 years ago, which is an astonishing amount of money. So he died at the young age of 32. He was 
considered to be, and obviously other, you know, he was considered to be in, in, in great health as a martial artist and extraordinarily thin and trim and in great shape. So anyhow, a number of years ago, we purchased this very unique item, which is a health certificate that was issued to his son, Brandon Lee. Brandon was a very, very young boy when Bruce died, and uh, Brandon followed his footsteps to some degree where he became a martial artist and he did some movies. So in this movie here, we have a health certificate that was dated, stamped and dated May 16, 1991. It was for the Fox Pirate Enterprises. The movie was called Moving Target, starring Brandon Lee. And they check off all the boxes here that he's in perfect health and everything like that. So what I found unusual is actually why would they fill out a health certificate for a, I guess at that time he was maybe, I guess he was probably about 26 years old around. Why would they fill out a health certificate? You know, I always like to figure out when I see a document, I see an item, a piece of memorabilia, and I look at it, what are the reasons behind certain things about it? So why would they typically, let me give you my thought here, why would they typically give or have a young man who appears to be in perfect health with no real issues, why would the movie company, the production company, request from him a health certificate? I think the answer is this, to be honest. It actually says here, question number four says, when did you complete your last examination? It says January 1st, 1991. And what were the results? And he says, perfect health. Okay. So in my opinion, the reason that this certificate was filled out is because for really the same reason as his father, meaning, for example, let's just say the budget on this film, I'm going to take a guess, let's just say it was $2 million, all right? So typically when you, a friend of mine, a close friend of mine is making a movie actually in Israel. He, I mean, he didn't start it yet, but he's just, he's negotiating and finishing up with the production company there. So he has a lot of loose ends that he has to tie up. So one of the things is, is that they want to make sure that the actors and actresses are in good health so they don't get sick or hurt during the production of the movie. So, you know, let's just say you have a superstar, Daniel Craig there, you're paying him $20 million to star as James Bond. You want to make sure that if something happens to him, which in fact it did, is I think the last filming he broke his ankle and he was out of commission for at least several weeks. You want to make sure that the either the production can continue, which it's not going to do for a little while if he's really injured, or the cost is going to be reimbursed by the insurance company, so if Mr. Craig is injured and out of commission for three weeks, it's costing the movie the movie co company, they have everything budgeted and everything scheduled on a daily basis. So if he's out for three weeks, it's going to cause him a great loss financially in filming the movie. So for argument's sake, I mean, what I guess they could do is they could move around a couple scenes and stuff like that, but that still could cost them many millions of dollars. Or they might have to just halt everything if they're in the middle of something and if he's in the last scene and they can't film that, which would also cost them millions of dollars to delay it and then millions of dollars to get back and start production or start shooting three weeks later. So they could easily lose 10, 15, 20 million dollars based on an injury. So what happens typically on any large business project is they will get insurance for this type of of casualty or catastrophe prior to it happening. 
So my guess is that this movie, even though it wasn't very expensive at that time, but let's just say argument's sake, the budget was $2 million, they wanted to make sure Brandon Lee, in my opinion, this is my speculation, that Brandon Lee would not get harmed or primarily die based on the same way his father did, meaning that they looked at him and they said, here, your father died at 32 from unknown circumstances, and he was a healthy fine specimen. What happened to him, we don't know. So they felt that there was a possibility, and let me make this clear, that people that put up the money, so it, it, it's probably what happened is the investors, the producers who were putting up the money to film this project, to film this movie, wanted to make sure, or the investors did, that Mr. Brandon Lee is in good health and is going to finish this, and God forbid if something happens where he gets hurt or dies, they will be covered of any loss during the temporary non-production of the film. So they took out an insurance, a life insurance policy, probably also a health policy, against Brandon Lee in the event something happened so they'd be protected. That's the only way I could figure out that such a young man would have an insurance policy, you know, for no other apparent reason other than the fact that his father passed at an early age. So I think this is very, very cool. We have this original document. It's about 8 by 10 inches. It's an original health certificate that's made out to the movie com from the movie company, the production company, Fox Pirate Enterprises. So I'm guessing that is the original Fox movie company. The name of the examinee is Brandon Lee. The name of the movie is called Moving Target. It says here he was at the, actually at the age of 26 at the time this was done. He was in perfect health, had a physician check him out. He filled out everything here and stamped and dated approved and with his signature on the bottom. So I think this is a really cool piece. Again, anything relating to Bruce Lee, we are extraordinarily interested in seeing, evaluating, appraising, and authenticating. That's our little story here about Mr. Brandon Lee and this unique piece of memorabilia that we have here. And we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin, mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, Oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sports and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Brigitte, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Van Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. That's 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800- 772 this is Lee the Appraiser back from a short break about amazing appraising here, APR 57 Galleries in New York City. And again, we're going to talk about what's hot and what's not. Well, in the sports collector memorabilia world, nothing is really not hot. Everything is scorching today. I was just reading they had an auction of some memorabilia and they finished it up last week. And the same auction last year sold for their annual sale was like $4 million. And their auction last week for the same sale was 4D5, $45 million. So it exceeded by over 10 times last year's total. And I just got a call from one of my friends at one of the PSA grading corporation, corporate offices. 
where they told me today they have approximately 10 million cards in their system to be graded. 10 million cards. So if you submit a crowd a card there today, it's probably not going to be graded for at least a year. So I guess that's pretty funny that you can actually submit a card today and by the time you get it back it's going to be an antique and be valuable okay so talk about playing the market i never thought of it that way but that's pretty cool you know so you can put down an insured value of a hundred dollars when you get back it's going to be an insured value of a thousand dollars you have a chance by the way they have a box when you fill out the application that in case you're not alive you can leave it to your heirs by the time they get it back to you okay and if you move they'll let you you know, change the address to a retirement home in Florida. You gotta play the right cards. Huh? You gotta play the right play cards. Play the right cards. I like that, Miss Blue. <laughs> Very cool. Anyhow, we, we are submitting a, a, a number of uh, collectibles to them. Uh, we're handling a very large collection. So everything is super hot in that. If anyone needs their cards graded, evaluated, authenticated, we are the place to go. We are in New York City. We have a brand new 4,000 square foot gallery. We're happy to look at them and give you a verbal estimate and approximation of the value. We're happy to tell you which ones we believe should be graded and which shouldn't. 99% of the cards that we see do not fit the mold to be graded and we can grade them for you informally and tell you what they're worth and to give you cash offers when we do so. I will tell you, by the way, we got a letter in from Greta Garbo. She was considered an extraordinarily big recluse, and her signatures and letters fetch a lot of money. We pay a lot of money for those. So if you ever have any of those by her, any of these players we're talking about, anyone that's rare, we'll be happy to give you a free appraisal and a very, very high cash offer. So the letter we have from her is that she's writing to her hairstylist. She does it in a, like an alias. She pretends to be somebody else. So it's a really cool letter. Does it under a fake name, which I found very, very interesting. We're looking over here. We have a Ted Williams over here. He's considered one of, was one of the greatest pure baseball hitters of all time. He actually made hitting a science. He talked about seeing the seams on the baseball, exactly where, when the ball came in, when he would swing. He had considered the best eyes, the most discipline, everything about that. So there's a, a long story about that. We're actually doing a huge appraisal and liquidation of a collection in Rhode island about somebody who has a ton of ted williams items which he acquired primarily directly from ted williams son who sort of controlled and manipulated part of the market and i don't know if anyone's heard about this but after ted died the boy the son wanted to have ted williams frozen and not buried and not cremated and then hopefully when science was able to medically able to revive him that he would cash in on having ted daddy ted sign another fifty thousand autographs. True story. So he wanted him frozen. I don't know exactly what happened in the entire fight. The guy, his son died at a young age a couple of years ago. So he was fighting everyone else in the family saying that he wants to freeze Ted. So he was the last one, I think, who officially hit over 400. By the way, you know, I think we should do this more often. I actually happen to know a lot about sports and sports memorabilia and sports trivia. So let's throw out a couple questions there and people can call or text us with the answers. And anyone, the first one that gets the 
the answer, we'll get a special gift. How about that? So let me throw a couple questions out there and see if you can get them relatively quickly. One would be, there's only one baseball player in history played on four different teams and hit at least 500 hits on those four different teams. That means he had to have a relatively long career, had to been a great player, and was on each team for at least, I have to guess, at least probably three years minimally, maybe four. He was a perennial all-star, I'd say, not every year, but overall. And again, he hit had at least 500 hits on four different teams in the major league. So that's the question here. And then we're going to give you another question. There's only one player in history that led the league in triples and home runs the same year. There's another interesting question. I think the only player to lead his team in home runs as a leadoff hitter. Try to stump you with those three questions. You get any one of those three correct and you will get a special gift, but you got to be the first one to do it. You can core text us at 212-246-2000 and we'll be happy to confirm the answers and give you a special gift if you're the winner. And we will also announce the winner on next week's show. So make sure you're listening. Okay, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Buccellati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800-772-0054. This is Lee the Appraiser back from a short break about amazing appraising here, APR 57 Galleries in New York City. Okay, so speaking on that, we are going to tell you I was offered something incredibly rare yesterday. Uh, A gentleman calls me up. He said he was recommended to us very highly. And he said that his family bought an auction, a charity auction no less, probably 20 years ago, two Michael Jordan pieces. Okay, listen carefully, guys and girls. Okay, one is purportedly his last training jersey he ever wore. Okay, as you know, basketball players, before they play the game, they have a warm-up or training shirt and pants that they wear. The pants are full pants. You know, when they play, they rip them off and they play just in the shorts. And the shirts, they have a short sleeve, sort of like a tank top t-shirt, basketball uniform. And typically, again, during the warm-ups, they will wear like a practice jersey or uh, a practice jacket sometimes with them prior to them going into heavy warm-ups. So this is purportedly the last or one of the very last training jerseys he ever wore, signed, as well as a very unusual photograph. It was taken from, it appears, his book 
called The Last Dance. That's the title that I believe Phil Jackson gave the movie and book that he did of the last season of when the Bulls won their championship. And it's interesting to see that. So Phil Jackson, I believe, coined the phrase The Last Dance relating to the Bulls. And regardless, even if Jordan came back, it was going to be Phil Jackson's last dance because the story goes that Jerry Krause, the general manager, did not even want him on the team the last year he played. So Jerry told him, initially he said, you can't be here, we got, we're getting rid of you, and that was it. And then when Michael Jordan adamantly said that he will not play for another coach, they had a gentleman's agreement where Jackson would coach one more year, and Jerry Krause told him, even if you win another championship, you are not coming back under any circumstances. So it was a very difficult time for both of them. So this item that I was offered yesterday, along with the jersey, was a large photograph from, it was like a lithograph from the last dance. A lithograph means a print from the original drawing or etching or, or photograph of Michael Jordan's last shot, I think it was, against Utah Jazz, which he made the basket. What's unusual about it is not the photograph. What's unusual about it is what he wrote there. And I'm going to read you what he wrote. So that's pretty cool. Hold on to your horses. Now, I have not, and I will stress this, I have not had chance to authenticate this item yet. From all indications are, it does appear to be original and in Michael Jordan's original script and handwriting. And I'm going to quote what I uh, what the item says in his hand. So it has him taking the shot, and then he writes there, the end is near. Once we were on the bottom, but now we are high in the sky, underlining sky. What's next, question mark? Who knows? Where will you be to enjoy the memories, question mark. Are you going to laugh or are you going to cry? Truth be known for your might do both. How do you like that, MJ? So that's a very cool piece. All right, everybody, we are going to be wrapping up this segment here. I want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. As always, be sure to check out all our social media platforms at APR57NYC. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Also, be sure to listen on our very special, interesting guest interviews we do every single week. You won't want to miss them. As always, stay well, stay classy, and stay tuned in.